Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Alyssa, happy Friday. Taylor, happy Friday. Can I ask you something that just occurred to me today? Uh-oh. Is your hair just like down to your ass? No, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> it's like on my shoulders. It's not a good length. But I will say the one thing that's come out of this quarantine that's nice is a couple times I've thought I might want to grow my bob out, but it gets so awkward. Like you can't style it after a certain point, And now I just have no choice. So yeah, it's just going. Mike That'll is be, wearing a hat all the time in the house. Just all the time. His hair oh, is right. insane. <laughs> yeah. Because you can't, he has so much hair. Like, how can you cut it? I don't know. I've never done that before. I don't want to shave his whole, he- his whole head. And he might, you know, try out a new hairstyle where the top gets longer and he like swoops it back or something. Who knows? What's Tony's hair doing? Are you shaving it for him? I've been shaving it. And wow. I've gotten better and better every time. Um, and at first I was a little apprehensive about it. I was like, I don't want to do this. But he was, it was driving him nuts. He was like, please, you must. <laughs> uh, and the, yeah. Yeah, so I'm basically a full-on hairdresser now. And now I know I'm going to be doing this for the rest of our lives because he was like, the first, after the very first time, he was like, wow, this is just as good as Supercuts. Wow. So, Wait, he still goes to Supercuts? Oh, <laughs> he goes to Supercuts. I'm outing Tony. He goes to Supercuts before like going to the Emmys. That's so great. That's He's just a Supercuts loyalist. He's like, what, what? It's like all you got to do is just like cut it short. Like what? And now he's not even going to Supercuts anymore. He's going to me. So my hair has also been like growing out at a weird length and the color is all strange. And then I was like, Alyssa's perfect hair has also got to be imperfect by this point. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you. I don't think it's perfect, but it's certainly getting pretty funky. I will say I've learned that my hair is the thing that I like to do the least of all the things we have to do to get ready every day. And so I just don't do it. Nice. Don't cut your hair, though. I think PSA, oh, don't cut no. your own hair. No girls cutting their hair. Unless you're a no, hairstylist. No, no. Don't do it. Uh, I have been chomping at the friggin' bit to talk to you about 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> I, I think that this is such a great and iconic season because there are it's like hitting all of the classic tropes that I love so much with people like David and Yolanda like just like chasing Google images of people and then we have these surprising new things that I personally have never seen on 90 day which are these like really intense breakup scenes because basically the whole point of the show is that like nobody breaks up and I've said it on the pod before that like there is no last straw and Rose friggin confronts Ed big Ed For all of the shitty things that he's done and all of the lies that he's told and how he's completely misrepresented himself online. And then she goes, you've embarrassed me. You've made me feel bad and you've lied to me and you are not an honest person and you are not my king. And Rose is my queen. I think that's so cool. It's just like we rarely see these moments of either person in the relationship being like, no, this is fucking it. And the same happened to Ash who like, 
basically self-destructed in such a crazy way. Didn't you think that scene was insane? Yeah, I think he's just a narcissist. Like, that's what happens when you try to stand up to people who have narcissistic personality disorder. They just, they try to, like, redirect it and blame you for some other thing that doesn't have anything to do with what you're talking about. And then... They just freak the fuck out and they basically hope that you chase after them or you question yourself. And I think she did a pretty good job of standing her ground. Don't you think? Yeah, I do. And I, but I think part of it that was helpful for her to do that was just like the confusion. Like there's yeah. a couple moments where she's just speechless because she's like, I don't even understand what you're saying. Cause he is, yeah, he's a total narcissist, but he's also not smart enough it seems to really have the vocabulary to truly trick you. Right. And he's just doing this like, well, look over there. And he she has like a very simple issue which was like hey man your seminar and therefore perhaps your business was sexist and confusing can we talk about it and he's screaming he's like you don't care about me you're just trying to hurt yeah. me this is do you see what you're doing you're tearing me apart and she's like whoa 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 <laughs> i don't know what you're talking and he's like dragging his suitcase out of what like i think is his home it was <laughs> such a strange scene and I just got so much joy out of watching him self-destruct because there's so many moments in this show where a person like that is rewarded and their partner goes oh my god I'm so sorry like yeah. I'm gonna keep letting you freaking manipulate me and destroy me and she's just lets him self-destruct and so yeah. for that to happen in an episode where Rose was also kind of taking the, her power back and was like, I'm sorry. Like, I want to come to America and I want a better life for me and my kid. But you're a fucking liar and you embarrass me and I'm over it. I live for it. And it seems like the Internet is, too. Everybody is all about Rose. And I'm not bitter about this in any way. But Rose is also verified on Instagram. <laughs> and I'm not bitter. It's like I'm not. Oh, I'm not like jealous of Rose being <laughs> verified on Instagram. It's not like I should be verified for the FXX like TV be... show that I'm on and I have gotten a lot of praise from Rolling Stone for... No. <laughs> it's fine. It's I'm fine, on your but... side. I'm on your side. I think you should be verified too on Instagram. It's bullshit. <laughs> it is. It's crazy. And I'd like to think that like part of my fascination with it and like me fixating on it is because of quarantine and like everybody and like just constantly being online. And that's my excuse. But like, even if the world was right, I would still be like, where's my fucking blue check? Yeah, like, it makes no sense. <laughs> it truly makes no sense. Rose is literally in like a hut with no floor and she's verified. And she's verified. She's yeah. like, got my blue check. And yeah. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? She, but I mean, I think that's I one of the her. craziest things, too, about her standing up for herself. Like, look. I, you know, I've been in situations where it's like I didn't know my own value, you know, like I thought maybe this was it and I wouldn't be able to find love like outside of something or whatever. Like people feel that way in relationships when they're vulnerable and they really want something to be something that it's not, whatever. But to know your own value when you live in the poverty that Rose lives in and be like, I can find another guy from the United States that I'll have a baby with and I'll have an even better life than this is like so deeply feminist in a way that I could never ever be. I'd be like, no, I want air conditioning. So fuck having another baby. Yeah, <laughs> like, yes. I, it's oh, that's such a good point. It was it's so exciting to see her fucking just kill it. And I love someone finally pointing out, you know, he's really like a microcosm of a lot of the issues with a bunch of the fucking stupid Americans on this show who 
go to someone who travel and then demand so much of this other person, like asking for these STD tests and accusing them of lying and being like, look at how many Facebook friends you have. And it's like, you're lying. You told her you were five one and you are four eight. Like yeah. you're also, you're the, that's the reason it's like cheaters accusing other people of cheating because they're just like have this weird turning the mirror back on themselves. Yeah. But, Oh, exactly. Yeah, I was just so excited for Rose, and I just, man, I love, I love everyone who makes ninety you know day. What? I hope that her blue check gets her enough money to buy a nicer place for her and her family to live, and she doesn't have to depend on someone like Ed to bring her to preach. the United States. Preach, 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 yeah. and they are working on a. Uh, they're like everyone else doing a virtual reunion. I saw Oof. some screenshots of everybody on their little. Uh, Zoom calls kind of like tuning into each other. So that I, will be fun to watch. I also think she's smarter than Ed. And I think it just gets lost in translation a little bit because English is her second language. But he talks to her like she's an idiot because sometimes she just doesn't understand what words what words he's using. But then when he like when she holds him accountable, he's like shocked that she's like thinking of all these things. I'm yeah. like, yeah, because you're treating her like she's a fucking idiot and she's a smart woman. So get out of here. Yeah. And when they're talking about and he admits to her that he doesn't want to have another kid and she looks at him and goes why did you tell me that you did then and he's like well I just wanted to get to know you and she's like that's not getting to know me yeah. you, I wasn't then given the right to know who you are because you were lying to me you lied to me about your height you lied to me about your family plans about your future like this is all because you wanted to get to know me because you were testing me like fuck you I have every right to be testing you back and I can't if I don't have the truth and the right information yeah and it's I also love that we got to see Rose like be such a champion and have that language barrier like you said and fucking Ash who also speaks perfect English like can't form a sentence to save his life to defend himself so I love it I hate Ash I love Rose and uh we're grateful 90 for 90 day, day. yeah <laughs> What did you think of uh, Vanderpump this week? Oh, man. Okay, I think just up at the top, I'm going to call for a boycott of Max, Brett, and Dana until they fucking do something worthy of this show. They are <laughs> prancing around, acting like they should have an A storyline. Dana's over here thinking she's the new Stassi, siding with some fucking mullet head idiot. Like, <laughs> I, I just can't. I'm like, I'm done with it. Until you guys literally fuck each other at the same time or something I don't validate you as being part of the Vanderpump Rules cast yes, you deserve to yes, be like yes. a C story on the episode which is kind of what I feel like happened this week they brought us back to the stories that matter Jack's being a lunatic Kristen lying and like this whole Raquel James situation and Sheena and then they push those people as like little sprinkles on top of the rest of the storyline which was great um fuck Brett man like trying to act all of a sudden like you're so uncomfortable and Sheena was sexually harassing you when you fully like went down to Palm Springs and knew what a music video would entail and then you're just trying to like backpedal because Dana's like she did what to you it's like get out of here man oh you're trying to tell me you didn't enjoy shaking her naked ass in a song like come on Oh, I that made my fucking blood boil like to go and agree to do something and be 100 percent in and then come back and act like a little bitch about it. And then to have the balls to tell Sheena, well, listen, I was uncomfortable. And Sheena's like, yeah, I mean, it's an uncomfortable thing doing like a fake simulated sex scene. And he looks at her and goes, 
Yeah, you weren't uncomfortable. You're telling me you didn't like licking my ear. I could have punched a hole through my TV. Yeah. What fucking kind of like just Jupiter sized ego do you have that someone is going, yeah, no, I know it's an uncomfortable thing to shoot. And he's like, oh, no, not for you. Anybody who has the opportunity to touch me is not uncomfortable. I'm a fucking God. Fuck you, dude. He also keeps saying like, I did you a favor. It's like, no, bro, she did you a favor. Like nobody fucking, I don't even know your last name. And I know everything about Sheena. Like, (laughs) it's like, Get the fuck out of here. This guy got on this show. He got his following by like dating a girl who's on YouTube and tries to act like he's here on his own merits. And now he's trying to act like he's doing Sheena Marie Shea, the literal like inciting incident of the entire series of Vanderpump Rules, a favor by being in her music video. Do you know how many fucking guys would love to be in her music video? Get out of here. I'm done. I'm done with this guy. Done, done, done. And it's very easy to get rid of him now with this stupid fuck hairdo yeah none of it (laughs) he sucks he totally sucks dana i hope you get smart and get away from these idiots you could do so much better as well and we would like you more if you weren't around them yep um let's talk about uh roni what do we think about sonia not eating food for five days (laughs) oh jesus that like made me start to shake i was so like a liquid diet for five days which she also called it she was like it's my fast and i do it from time to time it's like this is the definition of unhealthy that was so scary yeah have you ever done like a juice cleanse um so the this is insane the only thing that i've done i think i've told you about this that is close to this was not my own decision i so in a couple years ago i like became allergic to almost every food that i was eating Uh, The main culprit of it was soy, which is in like almost everything. It was really, really hard to phase those foods out. As I phased them out, I I was getting hives all the time. And it it seemed like no matter what I removed from my diet, um, it wouldn't go away. So I tried these allergy shots that were like a little bit experimental. And I was told that for the day of the allergy shot, the day before and the day after, I had to only eat a very limited diet of things that nobody has an allergy to for the most part. And it was like rabbit, like parsnips, (laughs) rutabaga, just like fucking insane things. And I got so I did it four times and I got so sick of eating that stuff I literally would throw up and I chose just not to eat instead because it's basically like you're not eating in the first place because you're there's not that many things available so I have had experience like essentially not eating for three days and only drinking like liquids and it's horrendous like oh my god and also my stomach has never looked better (laughs) so (laughs) I get it I totally get it but uh, I would say it's not worth it. I'd, you know, like I think eating and being happy and being a little bit heavier is definitely the way to go. The only time I've done something like this is my girlfriend Georgie and I, who was the guest for Too Hot to Handle, were going to her brother's wedding. And for the first few days before, we were like, let's do a juice cleanse. It's going to be great. And then we're going to fit into our dresses. So cute. And we're going to like be so great in all these wedding pictures. And so we were like, yeah, and we did it for probably two days, two or three days. I don't know. And then our plan was to do it right up until the rehearsal dinner the night before. And that would be the first time we ate. What we didn't factor in was a rehearsal dinner has a lot of toasts. 
and a lot of champagne. Oh, no. And so like the very first thing we ate was champagne. And because we just had juice in our system for like 48 hours at least, we both had like two sips of champagne and immediately blacked out. Wow. And from everyone else, everyone else was like, you guys were so fun at that dinner. Georgie gave a full toast. Oh, no. I was like, I was like hitting on her like neighbor, her family friend neighbors, like all, like all of these like older, like really lovely uncles. I was like, how, how long have you been in Sacramento? You know oh, what I mean? God. Like it was so, and the next morning we were woke up and we were like, that was the stupidest thing that we've ever done to our bodies and to ourselves in our whole lives. And that's the last time I did a juice cleanse. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I'm also not convinced that it has any long-term effects because the second you start eating food again, it's going to come right back, you know? Yeah. It's no. okay. Everybody just no, no. Eat, eat food. It's fine. You know? <laughs> it's great even. <laughs> um, you were I, very mad about how they treated the stand-up comedians on this episode of Rowdy. <laughs> I was. I'm like, okay, listen, it seems really crazy because I know that we, here we are and we're like just really criticizing and ripping apart and then celebrating different people on these shows because I think they signed up for it and they can fall victim to the editors, but in a way that, again, they signed up for. There was a comedy fundraiser that Luann was a part of and hosted to do the stomp out bullying fundraising. And it was a series of stand-up comics and the girls were like not having that much fun in the audience. They like kept cutting to Ramona being bored. And then the editors of this goddamn show, Real Housewives of New York, edited together the most savage montage of these stand-up comedians like taking out all of their like bad jokes all of the dead air and just weaving it together to make them all look so horrible and it was like six stand-up comedians and I think stand-up comedy is the one of the most difficult things that you could do as a performer or a comedy writer I think it's like such a brave thing to do it's so scary if you're on any stage in New York I think you're so impressive and so and they didn't sign up to be like totally made fun of on yeah. Broadway. I think it felt and I thought it was so ironic that it was for this anti-bullying campaign and then Bravo was like wah, wah, you guys suck you guys are not good Ramona is bored and here are all of your bad jokes I was so sad it's also just like they didn't even get let them get a full joke out they were just like cutting things before there was even a punchline or whatever and I was like okay this sucks we don't this is exactly. not really it's just that they're not the housewives are not into it but that doesn't mean that they're bad stand of comedians I don't know exactly they had to like really bend over backwards to make the show look bad but to like intersplice like the beginning of jokes and the setups just like with Ramona like looking around and texting and shopping for Chanel boots on her phone yeah but I was like oh that it made me feel so bad so if all of you I love you I think you're great stand-up <laughs> comedians are the best so there you go yeah um what do we think about I personally noticed this week that you know, Luann, she was arrested. She was on probation for a long time. She was told not to drink alcohol by a court-ordered mandate. She's in AA. She goes to take a sip of water, which she thinks is water in this scene. And Ramona tries to say, no, sweetie, it's, it's vodka. It's all vodka. And then she sucks it down, like, <laughs> like pretty aggressively. Um, mm. And then Luann's like, look, I drank and I, I didn't get arrested. And, like, nothing bad's happening. I can have a sip of vodka and be like, oh, my God, it tastes so good and not uh, ruin my whole life. This is a big step for me. And then Dorinda immediately, like, jumps into the situation and starts taking this fight very personally and telling everyone to fuck off and to tell and, like, defending Luann and being like, see, she can drink. She can drink. She was never an alcoholic. And I'm like, that's because you're an alcoholic, Dorinda, and you're triggered by all of this. 
Yes. Yeah. It's like if then if Luann's not an alcoholic, then you're definitely not an alcoholic. Yeah. It's I don't know. It was so like uncomfortable and transparent to me. And, you know, like when Ramona Singer's in the background, like going, oh, oh I don't know about this. And she's the voice of reason. Like something is very wrong. Yeah, exactly. That something is up. And I don't envy the position of being friends with Luann in this moment, because I do think it would be really tough to like. still support her and try to find the right thing to do because of course like she's a free woman and she's not breaking the law like she could have that sip of vodka and then as her friend like do you want to be like hey I love you sober I think that this is the best version of you or like you know what I trust in your ability to have a new relationship with alcohol and this is going to be a great new chapter and I'm here for you no matter what like but to do what Dorinda's doing is so comically like you said transparent of like well now we're all going to get fucked up because we're all alcoholics yeah it's so crazy I also am like just to you know nitpick at what Luann was saying in her interview she was like oh my god it tasted so good and I was like who thinks that the taste of hard vodka is Mm -mm. good like just alcoholics think that yeah yeah a hundred percent uh it's not like this was like some really great glass of wine or some like craft cocktails it's it was like vodka literally vodka on ice, on ice <laughs> yeah. and like a gross straw at like a comedy club like, like girl I love a what a terrible first drink i love a martini but if it's like not dirty enough or if it's not made well i'm still like oh it's just like shots of vodka which nobody wants to do <laughs> yeah bizarre yeah. yeah um i wanted to just really quickly shout out raquel uh from Vanderpump because she had such an incredible quote in this episode. <laughs> she goes to offer, she she's serving Lisa who's sitting at a table with James and she says, would you like a glass of rosé? And uh, Lisa Vanderpump responds and says, does the Pope have a balcony? And then in her interview, <laughs> Raquel, who's from my hometown, says, I don't get it. Does everyone know that the Pope drinks rosé on the balcony? (laughs) And I was just like, wow, way to go, Thousand Oaks. Way to fucking go. (laughs) Does the Pope drink rosé on On the the balcony? balcony? I was like, like, everyone knows that. She's so funny. So pretty. I love her. I love her so much. And I'm really glad she's on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And she had a great moment last week when she was so cute at softball and she's killing it this week. She's just bringing it in. Keep being you, girl. Keep being Raquel. 100%. (laughs) Um, Okay. Do you want to intro our guest for this week? Yes, I'm so excited for this interview because I just I've just come to love him so much. We have Steve Peralt, who is the host of uh, the Section 10 podcast for the Boston Red Sox. It's a very popular, very funny podcast. Um, This in no way means that we are a Boston Red Sox podcast, we would like to assert. But we do love sports, as everyone knows, and uh, we could be friendly, nice girls. And... (laughs) Steve is so great. He is the brother of Dan Peralt, who is basically my sister wife because he is Tony's writing partner. Yes. Dan was on earlier on the pod and did our Who Wants to Be a Millionaire episode. And the Peralts are just such a funny family. And uh, we talk about Laguna Beach, which I've been dying to talk about. And it's so fun to get into. So I hope you guys enjoy. Did you have something to say, Alyssa? Oh, I did, but I wasn't (laughs) sure if it was worth it. Um, I was just going to say a little update. Um, We can edit this out if it's not good. No, this is funny. I think we should leave it. (laughs) 
a little update. You're on such a roll, and I didn't want to interrupt your like very know, like good intro. Um, so we talked about baseball in the beginning of this episode, and when we talked to Steve, the Red Sox hadn't been punished for their cheating scandal yet. Um, I talked to my friend Trevor. Shout out Trevor, who's from Boston and is also a Red Sox fan. Um, and he's he his personal feeling was that the Red Sox were not as forthcoming about what they were actually doing in the cheating scandal, but because everyone was so up in arms about the Astros, they sort of got away by like partially taking responsibility for something. Just an opinion, not actually based in fact. And then... Um, I also want to say that South Korea, who's gotten their pandemic under control more so than other countries, they're actually airing baseball games now um, six days a week. And they have like fun team names. Like, I don't know what the NC Dinos stand for, but I'm going to be a fan (laughs) of them now. And they're playing in empty stadiums, but they're actually pumping in audience noises and like... It's Aww. so interesting to me. And I'm like, do they get booed? Who's in charge of the booing? Like, um, yeah, so there. Are, so that's really interesting. And if you're like, you know, jonesing for some sports, check that out before everyone contracts coronavirus again, I would say. Yes. <laughs> anyway, yes. enjoy Steve. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> What up, what up, table flipping in the building. (laughs) That is an inside joke. Um, And we're delighted to have a host and producer of the Section 10 podcast, who the inside joke is for, uh, baseball enthusiast and Laguna Beach lover, Steve Peralt with us today. Hi, Steve. That is the best intro that I've ever gotten, <laughs> ever. The, it's also great that you didn't say you were going to do it, because then it, it got the real effect. That is amazing. I am very happy to be here and talk about one of the greatest shows, and also weirdly worst shows of all time, Laguna Beach. Yay! Yay. Um, very quickly before we get into that, uh, we were briefly talking about how uh, you have a Red Sox podcast, and I'm a Dodgers fan. And I'm mm-hmm. currently wrapped in a Dodgers Snuggie that I got from a free from a game as like a giveaway, which I think is excellent. I was <laughs> just wondering, I'm sure you're sick of talking about this, and I don't mean this in a shady way. Can you legitimately explain this cheating situation to me? Because I don't get what info they were getting from the replay room that you couldn't just get from like watching pitchers in general after a game. Does that make so- sense? It does make sense. So basically, okay. this is all this is all we've been talking about for the most part in the offseason. And it's gotten to the point where the Red Sox investigation is still going on, which is driving us absolutely insane. Yeah. But to rewind a little bit, it is it started in Houston allegedly three or four years ago, um, 2016-2017. So the Houston Astros win the World Series against the Dodgers. Obviously, yeah, you're well I'm aware of that. Familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, I did yeah. not enjoy it. I um, want to throw myself in traffic when I think about it. Anyway, keep going. Especially considering it went seven games. So you have the, the Astros won the World Series in 2017. Right. And they then cheated. This pa- they yeah. cheated the whole thing. So this past offseason, you find out the thing that's crazy about all of it is that there are so many layers. It's hard to really break it down 
um, in like a simple form. I will try. Here's my attempt to break it okay, down in a okay, simple okay. form. What what they were doing is they were filming the catcher's signs of the opposing team um, at home and allegedly on the road. So every single game, they had someone in their video replay room basically letting someone know in the dugout what the pitch is that's coming up. So they deciphered their signs. You put one down, fastball, two curveball. They they figured out what the opposing team signs are for that pitcher. And within 1 to 1.5 seconds, the dugout knew what that pitch was going to be before the pitcher threw it. And they would bang. The trash can thing is so weird. Well, yeah. Okay, the, so the Astros thing, I totally am. Yeah, that is, like, egregious and, like, so definitely cheating. All yes. of that, all of and that the is the same. and all of that. Yeah, that's, like, fucking ridiculous. If we talk about it, then I'm just going to, like, start <laughs> screaming and, like, we'll talk about nothing else. But the, the Red Sox thing is different, right? It's a little bit. The Red bit- Sox, it is different because Alex Cora is the main, uh, you know, comparison, the main crossover from the Astros to the Red right, Sox. He was the right. bench coach with the Astros. And so the reason the Red Sox are involved in this, one of the main reasons, and this was the this was a guy that was a frequent guest on our show, Evan Drellick. He used to write uh, and cover the Red Sox. He has an axe to grind with the Red Sox and the Houston Astros because both of those markets basically booted him out of town for different <laughs> reasons. Okay. And so the two teams that he attacked – uh, for his new company, The Athletic, are the Astros and the Red Sox. And Alex Cora, his biggest comparison between Houston and Boston is that he just existed at both places. So Major League Baseball was really trying to dig deep into the Red Sox to see if they were also doing the same things the Astros were doing. Everything I'm hearing from my people is <laughs> that it's not anywhere near what was happening in Houston. And the worst-case scenario is that they were using the replay room to get signs to a guy that's at second base to then relay those signs to the to the batter, which is known as like legal sign stealing. When you're sending signs right. from second base to home, eh, it's not really no one in the league really cares about that. It's kind of just accepted. Um, so if that's the case, I can live with it. But this has gone on for 95 days now. They're, like, investigating them more than the Astros. I mean, the fact that, like, I can't wrap my mind around what the fuck advantage the Red Sox got. And you easily understand when you bang a trash can to swing or not swing. Like, that's (laughs) so much worse. And they're just like, oh, okay. I mean, don't do it again. Like, whatever it is. It's absolutely crazy. It's insane. It's driving me nuts. And especially now, we have literally no sports. Yeah. Like, we're all in our houses staring at a wall, and they can't finish this investigation, even though allegedly it's finished, but they still have to tie up some loose ends. It's like, what are you doing? It's been three-plus months, and the Astros one was done in two months. So yeah. And the Astros one was way more complex than this. And they haven't this. even apologized, Wait. and they've just been assholes about it the entire time. They're like, get over it. Like, we had a great team. It's like, I just can't. I It's it's horrendous. I don't They've wait. made it. The Astros have made this... W- way worse they yeah. made it way worse by like doubling tripling down like oh whatever we're gonna win the world series this year it's like this isn't about this year this has literally nothing to do with this year um so a lot of players around the league don't care about the red sox stuff or at least don't outwardly care about it they're attacking the astros because of how egregious it was i do think that the only winners of the pandemic are the astros because people will cool off oh, yeah. slightly slightly they were about to get like fucking knifed on the field <laughs> like they, they, they were gonna get thrown at more than any team i've ever seen and it was already happening in spring training um yeah. So, yeah, they, they have to be pumped about this. The other question I wanted to ask you is, how do you feel about this, like, everyone stands six feet away from each other <laughs> and we can still play baseball situation? The funny thing is when that report came out, I was so excited because I'm like, I love baseball. So yeah. I'm like, it's going to it's gonna be back. But it, it was just so outlandish when I read through 
uh, the details. Yeah. And it just makes no, it's like they're just trying, like, those are the kind of rules that, like, a kid drafts up. He's like, no, 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 trust me, it's going to be fine. We're going to, all the players are going to be in the stands and they'll be six plus feet apart. It's like, <laughs> what are we talking about? The players are in the, the empty stands and, and there's electronic strike zones and we're going to mic the guys up more, what, just to kind of sugarcoat the fact that the game's going to be so weird now? And we're also, uh, like, not even talking about how long they stand on base and, like, how much they talk to each other. And exactly! All of the, and, like, guys like, getting... Guys getting tagged out? It's like yeah. that's hand. Yeah, so it it's all. I have a pitch sense. on that. I have a pitch on that that I pitched to Tony yesterday, and I do think it's genius. Pitch, I guess, pun intended, is <laughs> put all the teams in Arizona. Don't do the six feet apart thing. Make them all live together. Just like lean Ooh. into it and be like, listen, you're all going to be interacting and touching and, and like anyway. Make them all live together. Throw them in one gigantic hotel. Film it, make a reality yes. show. You're welcome, America. <laughs> you have sports and television back, baby. Okay, it's but here's that is the incredible. only thing. So they are basically trying to do that minus the filming. I think the filming would be awesome. But my thing is like, oh, yeah, you're going to get these guys to forego having sex with any women the entire time they're locked up together. Okay. Like, as someone who very much liked baseball players in high school, I don't think that that's a realistic expectation. Like, So I, I have two things off of that. And this is what might be a little TMI, but who cares? We, this all stays between us girls. So I one, one thing with the Red Sox, and I'm just going to act like it's all the single players, even though it's for sure not. They love being on the road. Let's put it that way. Yeah. They're yeah. huge fans of the road trips. And so them all being in the same place would, <laughs> to your point, be a nightmare. <laughs> and also, the, I saw one former player when he was like, oh, it starts and ends here in terms of if this is going to work or not. When talking about the four and a half months that they'd be in Arizona in terms of being away from the family for that long. I'm like, are you kidding me, buddy? Like, there are so many players. I'm just being honest. There are so many players that would love that and not want any. Because these guys are still kids. A lot of them still act like yeah. children. And so they would love the idea of being in this, like, MLB real world like you just pitched, Taylor, which sounds awesome. I would love that. Um, <laughs> and being in this house, you know, going nuts and all that. If it was – you'd really need to make it like a mansion. Like, it would really need yeah. to be, like, they like get their space. Like mansion on crack. Oh my! I, of MLB players. I think it's I got to I got to try to get this, you know, up the ranks. Th yeah, this is yeah, the you greatest have the power. Idea make this of happen. all time. Um, but yeah, I would way prefer that. I'd almost prefer that over like this funky season. Like, just give me that and we'll see what happens. Like, cause I, I don't, as is, I'm already like prepared for no baseball this year, which sucks. Cause like baseball is my life, but, um, yeah, that's an amazing idea and I would, I'd be all about it. But these guys being away from home for four months, a lot of them would love that. I love how people are like, oh my God, they wouldn't, they wouldn't survive four months away from their family. Like, oh, please. Like, especially enough. after There's... quarantine, like Tony would scoop up the chance to be away from me for four Aww. months at this point. I mean, seriously, everybody's like, we're all like on top of each other if you're living with people right now. And I like, if it's gotta be, like, honestly, that has to be tough. Like I can't, I can't imagine, um, <laughs> Just the day-to-day -day changes so drastically, right? It's just nonstop. You're just yeah. nonstop with the other person. But oh, oh well. yeah. Tony's a great person, though, so it's all good. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get into Laguna Beach. Uh, yes. We are here. I know Taylor and I have some very strong feelings about how we need justice for Kristen Cavallari. Um, do you <laughs> want to tell us how you got into the show and uh, sort of what the show's about for people who haven't seen it? Yeah, so Laguna Beach, they're basically following a bunch of juniors and seniors around Laguna Beach, shocker, um, and 
it's basically it's not much more advanced than just their day-to-day lives and the drama that comes up and the hookup drama that comes up and all that high school stuff it doesn't really focus one thing i love about the show is it doesn't really focus on the high school aspect because i don't really care about that and i don't think a lot of people care about that it focused on all the the you know behind the scenes drama all like the weekend drama and just the stuff that you go through as a high school kid kind of on to on steroids it's like that to the max and Kristen Cavallari specifically is I know we're going to get into this. She is portrayed as a villain. She is not a villain by any means. I had a huge crush on uh, Kristen Cavallari. And I honestly think justice for Kristen should be a hashtag that's still going 15 years later. <laughs> but I think a big reason why I got into it is because I was 14, 15 at the time. And, you know, starting starting up in high school. And I, you kind of want that, like, peek into what hypothetically, like, the upperclassman life is like. And I, for, you know, as a, as a, I still consider myself a kid at that point. I think, you know, Laguna Beach is going to be a great way to, to find that out. I mean, that's not what you should use to gauge what, what you know, junior and senior year is like in high school. But I thought it was a great kind of look into um, the Cali life, very laid back lifestyle. And I, I, I ate it all up, even though it's quote unquote not real. I I took it as real and I love the show. And I think the, the time that it came out was perfect for me because um, if that came out now, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm tuning in, honestly. <laughs> Were you shocked at or disappointed in the difference between uh, high school in Laguna Beach and high school in Hingham, Massachusetts? <laughs> it was, let's just say it was a major letdown. And honestly, like, I, I can very comfortably say that, like, I didn't. I thought you guys, and I, by you guys I mean females, were like the <laughs> the scariest thing ever. Like I I was married to sports until I was like seventeen, and like I didn't do anything. I didn't even like kiss a girl until I was like a senior in high school. So like clearly Laguna Beach did not have any impact <laughs> on my day to day. But it, it made you feel like oh all right, like I kind of I kind of understand now. You know what what that upperclassman life is like. And then I got to junior year and hang him high. I'm like, this is not even close. Like, not I'm enough doing jacuzzi a... time. Like, I'm like, I, I'm, I have got my SAT tutor coming over. Like, this sucks. Like, this is the absolute <laughs> worst. But, um, yeah, the, I think the more, the more you watch the show, the more you kind of get used to the flow and get used to the idea that it might not be real. Um, but I still didn't want to believe it, though. So one of the crazy things that I look, I saw because I was looking at like obviously Kristen Cavallari has very Cavallari, so she's still on TV and she's married to Jay Cutler um, now. Yeah, but, we're gonna have to talk about that, by the way. Yeah. My God, what a weird combo. <laughs> but I wanted to know like what happened to Stephen Coletti and whether or not they were still friends. And I saw that in Kristen's book that she released like after all this happened. Th- that was her real high school boyfriend, and the producers kept making him hang out with LC and yes. it was like fucking with her. And I'm like, that's horrendous like that would ruin my life if i was a junior and my and some producers were making my boyfriend who's a senior hang out with another senior senior that he previously hooked up with that's insane and knowing that now when you watch it back it makes so much sense because like the first couple episodes you're talking to a girl who just watched the entire first season of laguna beach and (laughs) what an incredible season by the way season one is amazing it's unreal and also the episodes are 20 minutes so you can just eat them up but yeah. they're one of the very first like moments of drama is they're at a barbecue and then LC leaves with Steven 
And the next day, Kristen's like, what the fuck, dude? And you could just tell that at that they were about to leave the barbecue and the producers were like, well, why don't you two just like leave together? Like they, they, they was everything, if you look back, is so clearly because they were making Steve hang out with Elsie and he kind of sort of doesn't even really like her in that way. Yeah. But poor Kristen is then painted as this like mean girl. And it's just a girl. It's her boyfriend. So one thing from Laguna Beach that I hated is that like, I don't know if it was Kristen that used to say it like, Stefan. And like she always... <laughs> Like, say that. And so my friends, anytime I'm in the halls, they'd be like, stay fine. And I, I <laughs> hated that. Multiple reasons I hated it, because it makes me look like an idiot. And secondly, he spells it with a PH, which is such garbage. Like, any yeah. Steven that spells with a PH, like, that's Stefan. You're not, you don't get the V. Like you, and, and then they try to steal the V when they make it the smaller name. And it pisses me off, because, like, you never had the V. You will never have the V. So get out. <laughs> and and Steven but I love Steven though. Steven. Steven's actually my favorite PH Steven ever. Um he's which hot. is really saying you guys. He's like a hot teenager. Oh, he's so hot. Yeah. He he's a stud. Such a hot teenager. It. Yeah. He really Yeah, is. I'm watching it back now and I'm like, "Oh my god, Steven." Like, wow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he was in a Taylor Swift music video. He Shut was in up. White Horse. Isn't that crazy? And he was on One Tree Hill. I did a deep dive on Steven. He also, was he was on One Tree Hill and uh acted with uh Michaela McManus, who is a like friend of Tony's. And I was like, "Oh, I can't wait to talk to her and ask wow. her about Steven." <laughs> Steven. I guess the only comparisons I can really make from that show and that high school setup to what I was going through in high school is just like the uselessness and like the when you hang out with your friends like nothing really happens but I feel like the potential of things to happen is always there where it's like oh wait we might we might like your crush might be at like the 7-Eleven like yeah like (laughs) this would this would be nuts if we bumped into it yo dude that would be nuts like didn't you guys like maybe kiss or not really kiss like so I think it's always like the the hypothetical of things going down and you notice that in this show when there there are times and I, I laugh so much at this because I, I totally agree with you. The nostalgia with some of the songs they pick and just some of the ways that they like shoot it is like it brings you right back to when they filmed it. And yet I see them eating dinner sometimes and they try, they try to film these like dinner or like lunch dates. And there's so much silence because a lot of times they just like, well, we already talked about like the two things that we would talk about. So I guess we have to kind of <laughs> fill the air with just like uselessness, which is kind of what they do. And. I still can't believe it's like entertaining. Like in theory, when I when I plot when I plot this out, and I, I wrote a bunch of notes for this, I, re- I really got prepared uh, for this, for this <laughs> program, and I I'm just stunned that it still works. Like for some reason, it's entertaining, and I liked it, even though in theory I should hate this show because it's about nothing really. Like the only real thing that I think has substance on this show to me is the love triangle. With Steven, Elsie, and Kristen. I think yeah. that's the only thing that really carries like a normal kind of like office like show would carry. Um, and yet, for some reason, I watched like all the episodes and loved it. So I think there was something too that was unique about rewatching it this week. I totally agree with you that it's like a time machine. I loved just the nostalgia of it. But I also thought it was fun, and I don't see this a lot in the reality TV I currently watch. There's so many of the scenes with just the boys, and it's like the boys yes. golfing, being like, "So, Stephen, like, which girlfriend are you dating this week?" <laughs> and there, and then you'll flip to the girls, and I, I think that a lot of the scenes with the girls they are 
like you said, they're they're stoked they're going to be on MTV. I don't think they fully have the same awareness that anybody shooting a reality show would now about how they're edited. Right. So they they don't have as much of a filter in terms of being really mean about and to each other. Like when there's like a scene with Elsie modeling and Christine's like, Elsie, a model. Yeah, fucking right. <laughs> and like now I don't I think that unless you were really ga- like gunning to be a villain you would kind of edit yourself because you're like well I don't want people to think that there's this girl on girl hate yada yada so it's like the I agree with you that not a lot happens but it's like that world of being a teenager where the emotions are just so high the people that you don't like in high school don't you fucking hate them also like I was thinking about how this show single handedly engineered this rivalry to like graduate to the real world for the rest of their life like they still fucking hate each other and they're both in Hollywood like that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> one yeah. one really important thing I think with this show is that it shows how much like in high school every year I was like there's so much on the line. Like that like I need to be yes. perfect this year. <laughs> like I need if I don't get into college like my parents going to like kick me out like that would have never happened. But like you just you just every year is so important. And like now, yes. every year I get older, I'm just like I'm doing the same stuff. Like it's not. I guess you want to you want to do it and gr- and graduate to next levels of it, but you're not. I'm not as like nervous or worried about things in high school. I was sweating bullets all the time because I was just so like paranoid that I was gonna be like nothing or like that. Yeah, the like, stakes you know, are so high. The stakes are so high, and I think this show nails that for sure. That, and that, there's that scene with uh, is it Morgan who applies to only oh Brigham God. Young University yeah, and then what, doesn't yeah. get I in? Oh, Morgan my God. was an idiot. She's so yeah. uh, so much of like the B cast is uh, I I felt horrible about how much I hated them. Like I'm a grown woman, <laughs> and I would be yelling at the TV with this like 16 year old girl like crying that she didn't get into college. But it was I did relate to. She's like so upset she didn't get into the school, and it's so funny to watch her be like, "But I've got to." get out of Laguna like I'm not staying here you know like I'm even gonna go and like to live in like the town of the college because I can't and I'm like wow even this girl if if like and I didn't watch this when I was in high school so this was my first time watching it I I felt that way in high school about where I was in the middle of freaking Minnesota being like I've yeah. just got to get out of here and if I was watching that when I was like 17 and I was watching a girl in Laguna also want to get out I would be like oh my god is there any hope for any of us <laughs> Do we she all also just, just want to so leave? Like, I can't wait to go somewhere where people have real morals. And I was like, honey, BYU oh, is like known for people getting married when they're 18 just so they can fuck. Like, calm down. Yeah, you're, <laughs> like, you're a robot at BYU. <laughs> like, come on, Morgan. The dynamic of the guys hanging out versus the girls hanging out. I got to be honest. The girls in the show I liked way more. And not even from like, a, oh, my gosh, she's hot. Like, I, <laughs> I liked them and their dynamic way more than the guys i honestly i was fast forwarding through a lot of the male scenes i was like these guys like let me i I took some notes here i gotta make sure i get some of these points in here or else i'm gonna go nuts okay Uh, (laughs) talon talon sucks yeah talon talon is a big piece of paper with red crayon up all across it talon sucks for the record, it's in all caps, just so I made sure that I said it like that. <laughs> he is the absolute worst. And I noticed in the intro that LC does. Well, shout out to LC. She was easily my favorite person on the show. Steven's a close second. Um, I, Talon, she says in the intro, she's like, and here's Talon, who's known as being hooked up with every girl in the high school so far. I'm like, <laughs> every girl in the high school is hooked up with this loser? Like this, yeah. I think as a kid, when I was when I was 14, I'm like, 
do I have to be like a dick, like to be able to hook up with girls? Because like, if if Talon and Jason are getting all the girls, like I'm not even close to what these guys are like. Can we talk about that for a second? Because I, I mean, look, they're teenagers, so I'm not too mad at them. And like, thank God nobody was filming me when I was like 16, 17. But like, holy shit, these guys are being like, "You're a slut. You're a fucking high maintenance bitch." Like all this stuff. I'm like, what? Who talks to girls this way? This is insane. Yeah, I didn't know if it was because of, like, the sh- like if they wanted them to spice it up more or whatnot. But, like, yeah, I just need to get it across that, like, Talon was the worst. Any scene, he's like, I don't know. I just, you know, I, like, you're my girl. And, like, I don't don't listen to what they're saying. And then the next scene, he's with some other girl yes. that, that also sucks. And he's like, you're my girl. And, like, don't listen to what they're saying. And it's like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, I, I hated that, even if it was part of the script. I am cur- curious from your guys' perspective uh, who your least and uh, favorite and favorite characters were on this show? Ooh. Um, so I grew up watching. So I wasn't allowed to watch this show because I was 12 when it premiered. And now my yeah. mom was like, it's too mature. And now watching it back, like all the way through for the first time, I've seen, seen bits and pieces. I'm like, oh, I agree with her. This is insane. <laughs> Good um, point, mom. But uh, I love The Hills because um, that was more, I was, you know, of age to watch that. Um, so I've always loved Lauren and I've always thought Kristen was like this slut who's trying to ruin everyone's relationship. And now watching this back as a 28-year-old, I'm like, wow, this is a totally unfair portrayal of her. And she had to deal with being the villain for this long. I mean, she still has a career, so she's like not too wounded by it. But yeah. I think had I, had I watched this from the get-go, I might have been more on her side, especially too because I had a boyfriend who was a senior when I was a junior. And that whole process is like so challenging, especially when everyone's saying to you like, there's no way you guys are going to stay together. Like he's just not going to be faithful to you in college. Like that fucking sucks to hear as a junior, you know? Oh, that that has to be the worst. And that, that is so accurate too, because this show does that a lot. And it's like, that's what happens in high school. Like in senior year, you're like, wait a second. I'm going to go to college. That's a completely different setup. And like, are we going to stay together? So I'm glad that they did that. Yeah, for sure. Um, But I just, you know, I I had more of a soft spot for her this time around. And then I was telling Taylor, too, I can't believe I'm brunette uh, for people who can't see me. And I couldn't believe like how dumpy the fucking brunettes on the show were. (laughs) I was like, can we get one good rep? Can we get one good representation? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Dumpy. I'm glad you said it. Like, I'm not going to say it. What a <laughs> what a word to use there. That is so perfect. Yeah, I don't think you could use a better word. It's really true. Um, it is, I'm going back and I don't want to get too, you know, mean, but like that's such a true statement what you just said. <laughs> it's just, yeah, we I don't do need remember... to pick apart the appearance of teenagers, but I'm just going to say like a catch-all statement. Even Christina who wanted to go be an actress, I was like good fucking luck, honey. Like Jesus. Yeah, have have fun with that. Yeah. It was fun looking back at it now because I didn't actively watch it, but I do remember seeing like different different episodes here and there when I was in high school and I remember thinking that everyone on the show was so hot and trendy and now looking back I was like oh my god the majority of this cast is low-key not good looking and like sort (laughs) of disheveled and I got I had the same experience as Alyssa where I now I I I think of myself as like this Lauren Conrad fan because I loved the hills I like love everything that she's done with her career in terms of her like line at Kohl's and her like little girly aesthetic yeah and Mm. I just assumed that I didn't like Kristen because I was team LC watching the show completely flipped. Not only do I love Kristen, I LC lost me in the scene in the nail salon when two of the dumpy brunettes are talking about going to New York city for an audition for wicked and rent. And, and Lauren goes, 
what's Broadway? Oh, and no. I stood up from the couch and went, what? And yeah. was screaming. I was like, I'm sorry, because you're from California. You're an 18-year-old who's about to go to art school in San Francisco. And you just said, what's Broadway? Elsie, I'm never shopping at Kohl's again. That That is, that is rough. I mean, from... I, I I don't know. I go back and forth because like Kristen, I had a huge crush on Kristen. Thought she was an absolute babe. Wait, we have and, like especially question. like sorry, in the sorry, sorry. Int- do you think? Oh her yeah, boobs yeah, yeah, yeah. Go are, for it. Do you think her boobs are fake in in this? I uh... think on, it's a. I'm glad you brought this up. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think they're real. I think they're real too. Okay. It, they're they're so just they just kind of yeah, but they ha- they have I don't know they they, they have they the bounce. tendencies they bounce like the real ones. Yeah, but they also that's what, that's what I said. But they but. They were so smart with the intro scene that they have with Kristen. Yes. Because she's like coming out of the hot tub. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, so they set her up as this villain hot bitch. Like that's kind of like what they want her to be. And I know she's not like she is. She seems pretty nice. Like she doesn't seem the more I've gotten to like see her on. And I didn't watch the other shows. Like I watched um, So Cavallari just because I'm like, what? Jay Cutler? Um, yeah. But I... I watched that show back, and Elsie feels the most authentic. Like, she actually feels yeah. like that's exactly who she is. Kristen feels like she's playing a role a little bit, but she has some of those tendencies as well, but not, like, fully. And Steven is just a skater bro. He's just, like, yeah. out there teaching um, Kristen how to surf. And he's like, I just, he had, oh, my God, he got so deep with one of these lines. He was like, I just don't want to do this again if it's going to waste, you know, waste our time. And she's I like, I, what, you thought I you thought I wasted your time? He goes, no, I think you're wasting your, your own time. time. Yeah. <laughs> And I was, I was like, Stephen, that's so deep, my man. Like that was, it's like, no, you're not wasting mine, babe. Like you're wasting your own. And I'm gonna go see LC tonight. Like, that's basically, that's basically what he did. But, I um, but be, yeah, I would be remiss not to bring up because we talked about just like I, because I agree, I do think that LC is very authentic on the show, and I think that's part of why she has such staying star power now, and why The Hills was yeah. great. But. Uh, just in terms of the redemption of Kristen Cavallari, Cavallari, I, Cavallari. I have no idea. Well, they Any of them sound right. Very Cavallari. Very so Cavallari. I would assume it rhymes with very. True. But maybe not. Yeah. There is in season one. They go to Cabo. Kristen is dancing on a table, and I have never seen such just like straightforward, insane slut shaming. Steven is just screaming the word slut at her over and over and over again, <laughs> pulls her off of the bar, pulls her outside and is screaming in her face, nose to nose, slut, slut, slut. And then I'm like shocked. I like went to the other room and was like, Tony, you have to like, this is insane that this is on TV. <laughs> and then the next morning, there's a scene where Steven is talking to Elsie and Elsie's like, I mean, she knew what she was doing, dancing up there like a slut. And I was like, I'm oh, sorry, wow. is the word... Was it at the time? Because they also say like the R word on this yeah. show a lot. I think there's. I like, used to uh, no tra- like the word. That's a, a valid point. The words just used to be different. Like in yeah. terms of like how much people cared about it. Because I would say the R. I haven't said the R word. I still have, remember the moment. Daniel Peralt, you know him dearly. <laughs> we, we were we were playing wiffle ball out back, and I remember like it was a cheap home run that someone hit. Hit, and I was you know using the the R word, and <laughs> and he was like. Hey, no, no, you are not. No, this is Aww, not happening. We are, we are, we are not doing this. But I, again, I was just doing it because I was like, what the ki- kids were doing, you know? It's like what everyone was saying. Yeah, you have to be told like, that that's yeah. not cool. It was 2004. And, ex- like, exactly. 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 Ago. So I think it was right around then. I was just like, okay, we're not doing that anymore. But sure. yeah. But those, with that, I, I'm like, slut should not be a normal. No. You should not, especially no. in, in public. <laughs> 
Yeah, My it God. was it was just really wild to be like this is this scene it this would we would absolutely crucify Steven if this was a scene that came out in 2020. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it just like would not fly. It's just it was it really dated it for me and I was like this makes me love Kristen more that she survived all of this crazy slut shame. I know like and she had to also take it from like the producers and directors in terms of what her role was. Like yeah. she had to become this villain and like since then she has actually publicly and i applaud her for this been like the show was fake like they 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 had us and one line she said i thought was funny because obviously cell phones were way different back then um so a lot of them had like flip phones and whatnot she's like people thought we were looking at our phones a lot in the show like a lot of times they were just texting us what to say wow and we would like read it off the phone and um just try to make it you know not look overly specific that we just read exactly line for line what we were supposed to say but i i do applaud her for being like yeah that, that's not who i really am and i think from the shows since then even though she's profited way too much off of just shows where she exists as a human um mm-hmm. and doesn't really do that much like i still think that the 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 girl on um or the woman on um so cavallari or whatever it is uh is way more accurate to who she is than the the high school version. Do we think Jay likes her or likes anyone? <laughs> Jay Cutler I think doesn't has never liked anything. Um I don't I don't think he even enjoyed playing football when he was a quarterback. He looked so indifferent about the game of football. He'd be on the sideline like whatever, if we lose, we lose. It's all good. I'm getting millions of dollars. It's sick. Yeah. And when I saw when I saw that they were <laughs> married, sick. I was like, "What?" Like that, she is so like in with the times and like understands all the the lingo and how to hang. Jay Cutler does not seem like a good hang. Like he no. he seems like the guy in the corner of the party. It's like ah, oh, who invited Jay? Like that guy kind of sucks. Maybe she's just over like any kind of animated and big personality man, though. You know what it, I mean? Like maybe she just like needs somebody who's more passive and lacks personality after everything she's been. It is through. a good point. If you had two Kristens, if it was like a male version of a Kristen, that would be a ridiculous relationship. There'd probably be too much going on there and a lot of drama um, and just a lot of useless arguments. I think Jay just kind of goes along with her stuff and it's just like, yeah, it's cool. We have a, like a big house and oh, we're on a TV show. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Is uh isn't LC married to a hockey player? I think. Am I making that I, up? I thought she was married to a, a, a professional lawyer, athlete. I'm not... Right or no? I don't know. I think she's oh, maybe. married to someone who went to USC. Okay, while we're looking this up, I do. I we could honestly, obviously, talk about this for oh, of hours. Course. But is there anything left on your notes pad that you just need to get off your chest before we wrap up our amazing Laguna? Chat? Absolutely. I've gotten a, uh, basically all my points, but the last one um, is is maybe my most important. I saved the best for last year. The intro to this show. <laughs> I needed a dramatic. I like wrote in dramatic pause um, after saying that. The intro to this show is so awesome and perfect and incredible, and it's honestly a big reason why I watched the show. Because like I remember seeing the intro, I was like, "Cause perfect," and I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> I am like so, and they, and they have these slow pans of the beach, and like these pans of like Steven, and and I'm like, this is awesome. Like I knew I was in. Also, what's up? That slide too that says what you're about to see is real people and real events filmed in Laguna Beach. And they have like a slide like it's like a fucking like the beginning of Fargo, and it's like this is based on a true story. It's so dramatic and serious. And then yeah, that fucking Hillary Duff. Oh my bop, god, Duff dude, nails so it. Good. That's another time you know time capsule where it's like oh yeah, Hillary Duff was like a big deal in 2003, 2004. Yes. And I just yeah, I I watched that back last night and the. 
intro came on, it's like, and I was like, oh my God, like this is, that th- it's maybe the greatest <laughs> intro in the history of intros. So I had to get that out there. <laughs> That's very true. Well, I'm crushing the whole first season. Tony will come out into the living room and be like, is this Hillary Duff, dude? <laughs> so sick. <laughs> is this Duff, dude? <laughs> um, Lauren Conrad is married to the former rhythm guitarist and backup vocalist for the band Something Corporate. And he also got a law degree from USC's law school. <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. A, a triple yeah, double threat? Pretty good. I don't know. Tell us where we can listen to your podcast and where we could find you on social media, Steve. Yeah, I'm just at Steve. At Steve Han. No, uh, at Steve underscore Peralt for um, Twitter and the Instagram. And uh, yeah, the Section 10 podcast is on on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. We, we talk a lot about the Red Sox. Right now we're interviewing like a different player or personality every week. And um, that's been a lot of fun to pass the time while we all just kind of sit in and I don't know. Hope for this to be over sometime soon. Yes. Yes. All of us do. Uh, thank you so friggin' thank you. much for coming on and doing this time traveling with us. Uh, it was super fun. And I am probably going to secretly keep watching Laguna Beach, even though I don't have to. Anymore. I can fully confirm I will still keep watching the show. And I'm, I'm glad we were able to do this. This was awesome. And it gave me an excuse to watch uh, an incredible, incredible show. And never forget that intro. That intro is forever. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Thank you, guys. That was great. Bye.